Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out. Today I'm bringing you a keynote, which I have to admit is one of my favorite things to find in the lineup of my favorite podcasts. I love it when Gary Vee or Mel Robbins or Tony Robbins shares keynote speeches within their regular content. And I think that's because one, I'm just a sucker for a conference. If you (laughs) have hung out with me for a while, you know how much going to conferences has played a huge part in me learning business, in me learning to handle my mental health. It's a big part of how I overcame anxiety in a major way, like being able to go to something, whether it's a day or an afternoon or a whole weekend where you immerse yourself listening to a bunch of speakers, it's just one of my favorite things. And it's one of my favorite parts of my job to be able to go and speak to people in that way. So whenever I get the chance, I beg and beg for the people who have me come to their conferences, I'm like, please can I share this on the show? Because I think a long form conversation is really interesting when you hear the actual audience in the background or when the person who's sharing it with you had an intention that's maybe a little bit different than what you might get in the show. So that's the why. That's why I'm sharing the keynote today. This particular keynote was to my favorite group of people, and that is entrepreneurs. I have been an entrepreneur since, oh my Lord, have mercy. It's been over 20 years. I started out with a service-based business as a wedding planner and an event planner. Then I started blogging, and the blog took on a life of its own. Then I became a B2B, so I was a business selling you know, ads or sponsorship opportunities to other businesses. And eventually I launched my first product and I had direct to consumer. I've done a billion events at this point. So sold tickets to events. Like I've had a really multifaceted career as an entrepreneur and it's taken on different forms and functions. But what I like to say is that the audience that I have been working for, that's you, 
that has never changed since I very first began. My archetype of my customer has truly been the same woman. So I find it really interesting that there's always been this through line with the audience, but the way that I've shown up for her has taken on a lot of different forms and formats. All of that to say, when I'm sharing advice as an entrepreneur, I'm bringing literally two decades of information with me. And that's years where I absolutely <laughs> failed miserably and lost money. If any of you are small business owners or entrepreneurs, maybe you've had years like that. I've had times where I, I have invested in the wrong thing or the wrong people. I've also had years where, to be totally honest, I've made more than I thought I would make in a lifetime. I've experienced the pendulum swing in both directions. And so it is still my favorite group of people to talk to because I think that small business owners, those of you with a side hustle, those of you who are dreaming about starting a business, or maybe you have a big business and you manage a big team inside of someone else's company, like there's just something unique about people who decide to start their own thing. It takes a lot and we speak a language that other people don't understand and we go through emotions that the regular person might not get. So I love being in a room with other entrepreneurs because we just have this shorthand, right? Like there's just stuff that we think about that maybe you don't think about if you've never considered having your own business. So all of that to say, today's episode is specifically aimed at those of you who are dreaming about starting your own company, those of you who have your own company, who want to figure out how to scale, it's aimed at you. I'm really lucky in that I get to speak to audiences all over the world. I get to have the opportunity to come into different spaces. But what was super cool about this particular day was that I found out I was the closing keynote, which is my favorite. Because if you're the closing keynote at a conference that is for entrepreneurs. It means that you are talking to a group of people who have been bombarded with ideas and do marketing, do this, try this thing. Every single person who's come on the stage has brought a different perspective on how this particular business owner can evolve and grow. And I know that because I have sat in that audience a million times when I was first an entrepreneur. So when I found out it was the closing keynote and they were like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, oh, I know exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what you should actually do. I want to talk about what to do tomorrow. Because I remember being a young entrepreneur and going to stuff like this and I would get so many ideas that I would overwhelm myself. I'd get analysis paralysis. Or I'd get a bunch of ideas and I'd try and do them all and none of them would be effective because it was too much to take on at once. So I was like, what could I give this audience after 20 years of doing this? What are the things that I know? So I focused in on tactics. The keynote you are about to hear is all about tactics. And all of my tactics were about how to make more money. I know that it can be a little like squeamish to talk about finances, but it shouldn't be, especially if you are a small business owner. We have to have the ability to speak about, hey, what's your revenue? What's your profit? What's the margin look like? What's the P&L doing? What was your balance sheet at the end of the year? Are you growing? Are you dying? Are you falling backwards? Are you falling forwards? Like what is going on with the business? 
that was a huge mindset shift for me. It's got to be at least 15 years ago when I understood that my fear of talking about finances is what was keeping the business unsuccessful. It was only when I understood that all of the entrepreneurs I admire, all the people who are making seven figures, eight figures, nine figures, all of those people are not afraid to talk about money. And they talk about money in a way that's very black and white. They're not afraid of it. There are no gray areas. They're like, here's what we did. Here's what we want to do. Here's how we can improve. So I figured going into this speech, I would bring that energy and I would tell the people in the audience, what I wish I had heard 10 years ago or 15 years ago and how it would have helped me to make more money. So what you're going to hear next is the keynote speech I gave that day. And be mindful, this is not the best audio you're ever going to hear because you're listening to an auditorium recording, not like good audio like this. Got some ASMR. No, I don't. I don't even know if I said those letters correctly. <laughs> But while the audio isn't amazing, I think the content is. No matter what kind of business you're in, whether that's direct-to-consumer, B2B, service-based, product-based, whatever you're into, there is something in this conversation for you. I'm going to share some tried-and-true methods to increase your margin. That's not just increasing the revenue that the company brings in, but increasing the profit that you actually get to take home. So that's what we're digging into today. I really hope you find it helpful. If you do, will you do me a favor? Will you share this episode with other entrepreneurs that you know? Only if you find it helpful. Send it to your sister, your mama, your friend, put it on your social media. Just let other people know that it's out there because this is the kind of info that would have changed my financial trajectory if only I had known it existed. So if you think there's something in it for other people, please put it out in the world. This is how to make more money starting tomorrow. Revenue how much money your, your business brings in. Profit is what is left over, right? When you've paid all the employees, when you've paid yourself, when you've paid for the cost of goods, when you've done all of those things, there should be a margin. There should be a difference between what it costs to do business and what you charge for that business to exist. Right there in between, that's your summer house, okay? That's your kids going to a private school. That's the family vacation. That's you being able to take care of mom and daddy in their retirement. That space in between. And if you don't have a margin, you don't have a business. And I used to get so hyped up when I would come to these things because I would be looking for the next thing. Like, what's the next trick? What's the hack? What's the thing that I can do that's gonna make me cool, that's gonna make me on trend and on brand as an entrepreneur? It's real sexy on social media to be a business owner today, right? But if you have time to be making videos about being an entrepreneur and you're not bringing home any profit, something is wrong. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything. 
life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Oh, it's been a long day. You've gotten a lot of information. This is the last bit of it. I'm going to ask you again, how are you? That's what I'm looking for. I'm so freaking excited to be in a room with a bunch of entrepreneurs. I have been doing that for about 20 years, and I'm curious to know before I jump in, uh, what is the vibe today? So how many of you are just starting a business? Okay. How many of you have been in business for five years? Longer than five years? Just daydreaming, not really sure what you're doing, and you're kind of crapping your pants. Okay, one chick. I see you, sister. I got you. Uh, So I found out that I got to be the closing keynote for you guys today, and I was so excited because I have been exactly where you are so many times in my career, which is buying a ticket to a conference, coming in, hearing from a bunch of different speakers. Maybe you took notes. Who took notes today? Yep. Took a bunch of notes. Anyone get at least one fantastic idea that you want to apply? Awesome. Anyone get a bunch of ideas that you want to apply, right? Uh, Anyone have a team back at the office that is terrified that you are here right now? Because you're going to walk in the door tomorrow and be like, boosh. We're doing a CRM, guys, right? Your team's like, oh, crap. Okay. She's about to go off on one. We're going to do it for about three months, and then we're going to lose steam, and it will be a massive waste of time. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Right. So what I thought I could give you today is what to do tomorrow. Because you come to something like this and you get really excited, you get all sorts of groovy ideas, and then you go back home and you do one of two things. Number one, you get so excited about all of the ideas that you heard that you get analysis paralysis. Got that? Anyone? Right? So you go back home and you're like, okay, they told me that I should start a TikTok and then I should look at my marketing and sales and planning and business strategy and this is what I'm going to do and work on my inner self and all these things. And you get so excited that you start researching obsessively. You read the books, you listen to the podcast, but you actually don't do anything. Yeah? Or the opposite is true. You go home tomorrow, you show up at the office and you try and do everything that you heard about. And when we try and do everything at once, nothing is actually effective. So I would like to give you today what you can do tomorrow. Okay, what I want you to do tomorrow or Monday, whenever you're going back to work, maybe you're leaving here and going directly to the office, is one thing, just one. You're going to pick one thing that you heard about today or one thing that you've been thinking about in your business. You're going to pick one thing and you're going to go all in on one thing. You are not allowed to take on 16 things at one time because if you try, nothing is going to work. Uh, Imagine it like this. Imagine that you're on a soccer field and there are 10 different soccer balls on this field and every day you get 10 kicks. You get 10 kicks and you're trying to get a soccer ball a mile down the road. And every single day you run up to the soccer balls and you're like, one, okay, I got it. And two and three and four. And this is what we do as entrepreneurs. We keep pushing 10 different things forward. 
But if we actually just picked one, one soccer ball, and we kicked that one thing 10 times, that's when you would start to see the exponential results that you're looking for. What is the one thing that I should do, Rach? The one that makes you money. The one that makes you money. This is the part where the rest of my keynote speech is about how to make more money. Are you here for this? Thank you. Okay. The one that makes you money, because when we start a business, we think of all of these different things. We get all of these different ideas and branding and marketing, and we will spend so much time trying to figure out a logo or a business card that we will forget we don't have any customers. And we will forget that we have not increased our revenue in 18 months. So you are going to focus on one thing, and that one thing is what is going to make you money. And then you say, okay, Rach, how? How do I make more money? I'm going to give you four ways. And they are old school. When I was writing out my speech this morning, I was thinking about this, and I got so fired up because I feel a little bit like a grandpa sometimes where I'm like, these kids today, right? Get off my lawn. They have all these ideas, and yes, there are people who are making so much money doing Instagram bathing suit modeling, and there are so many people who have helped their small business by making a TikTok, right? That's what we keep hearing about. We, we hear about the sexy stuff. The four things I'm going to tell you are not sexy, but they have worked since business existed, since people were selling goods outside of the castle walls, this is the stuff that works and will always work. The first thing that you can do to make more money, and this is what every entrepreneur, especially newbies, focuses on almost exclusively, is to get more customers. That's what most people are obsessed with, right? Who's like, man, I wish I had some more customers. Most of us will obsess over more customers, and that's why things like social media look so sexy, because you think you can try and figure out how to do a tweet or a Facebook post or a reel, and that's the thing that's going to increase how many people see your stuff, and you think, if more people just saw my stuff, then I would make more money, but it's not true. So the first thing is get more customers, and that's not the one I'm going to talk about because there are a million billion different podcasts and books, and hopefully you heard some stuff today about how to get more customers. I'm actually going to focus on the other three, which are way easier for you to use to make more money. So the first way is that you get more customers. The second way that you make more revenue in your business is to increase how much that customer spends when they do business with you. Increase how much that customer spends when they do business with you. This is why when you go to a grocery store, there are Snickers bars and magazines and gum by the checkout stand. This is why when you're doing online shopping and you're like, ooh, I'm going to buy a pair of overpriced leggings that will make me feel like I'm working out even though I just wore them to the grocery store today, when you go to check out online, a little thing pops up and it says customers who bought this also bought this, right? Or it'll be like, ooh, fantastic choice. Would you also like a hunting knife, right? You're just like, well, maybe I would like this thing that you're offering me at the last minute. That is not an accident. That is because if they can get you to increase your cart value even a little bit, things start to change for that person's business exponentially. 
Here is something, if you don't take anything else away from this day, if you did not already know this information, let me blow your freaking minds right now. You will always make more money off of existing customers and clients than you ever will acquiring new ones. Look it up. You will always make more money off of existing customers and clients than you ever will off of looking for new ones. But most people will spin out and spend massive marketing dollars trying to attract new people. New people, by the way, that you have to tell the whole story to. New people that you've got to introduce to the brand. New people that you have to explain the culture to. You try and do all of this onboarding with someone new rather than going back to your existing list and being like, hey, Becky, we got some new socks for sale. Would you be maybe interested in this thing? So... The first thing is to get more customers. The second thing is to increase the value that those people spend with you. The third is to increase how often that customer or client does business with you in a calendar year. If someone shops with you one time, if someone utilizes you one time and you could get them to come back on over and shop even once more, what is that worth to your business? So a really good example of this is uh, I have a line of journals. I started a line of journals in 2018 called Start Today. And when I first started this line, it was because my audience kept asking me if I would make this thing. So I did this journaling every morning in my notebook and I would put it on social media and people were like, what is this? And I was like, it's a notebook from Target. I'm just doing a morning meditation. And people kept saying, oh man, where do I buy that thing? And I'm like, oh, you can just, here is what it is. I would tell them exactly what it is. You're gonna take this stuff and you're gonna um, just do this in whatever notebook you have. But they kept asking and asking, no, I want, I want your thing. I want your prompts. You gotta make this. So I made it and it was really successful and I was so proud of it. And I took all this time making it exactly perfect. And I didn't quite understand that I needed people to buy a journal ever again. I thought, oh, I'm just going to keep finding people. I'm just going to keep going out in the world and being like, would you like to start your day with gratitude? Excuse me, sir. Would you like to start your day with gratitude? Which was highly ineffective. And the reason that I didn't understand that I would need people to buy journals again is that I made my journal 300 pages long. No, no but even the most dedicated individual is not showing up every day to do a prompted journal 300 times. She had no reason to buy from me again. Supplement industries are fantastic for this, right? Because if you're using the supplements, eventually you will run out. iPhone is a genius because right about the time a new iPhone is gonna launch is right about the time that your battery will not stay full, right? They're smart. You need a reason to shop again. So you can increase the value of when they do business with you. You can increase how many times they're gonna do business with you in a year. And then the last thing is not as sexy, and nobody wants to talk about this, is you can decrease the value of how much you invest in making that product in the first place. This was massive for me when I understood this. Years ago, when I finally realized, oh my gosh, 
you're doing these, these events. I used to uh, do women's conferences all the time. And uh, I really struggled with the difference between being an artist and being an entrepreneur. You guys ever heard the difference of this, right? An artist masquerading as an entrepreneur cares deeply about how it looks, how it feels, what it's like. Oh, we want only the best. We want our customers and our clients to experience the best of the best of the best. And we don't care how much it costs to get there. And we don't care if we actually make no money on it as long as the thing we made is pretty, pretty princess and we feel really proud of what we've put out into the world. You guys ever experienced this? Yeah. So an entrepreneur cares about profit. They care that there is margin in between what the thing costs and what they charge for it. And by the way, if you are selling some kind of product and what you charge for it is not at least four times what it costs you to make, you gotta, you gotta Google, guys. You gotta Google something. There is a study that shows that most small business owners are charging four times less for their products or services than they actually should be based on industry standard. But we're afraid to ask for what we are worth. And so when you actually do the math, when you actually have your accountant look at it, when you actually face the data that's on your P&L and your balance sheet, you understand that you're only making such a small margin off that item in the first place, that's where all your money goes. Hey guys, right here, jumping in real quick to tell you that if you are digging this keynote style podcast episode, that I have posted a ton of keynotes over the years and you can always find them in the lineup because the first word of that podcast episode will be keynote in all caps. Also, if you're digging a live event vibe, make sure that you check out the show notes to see all of the places I'm coming to this summer, bringing laughs and motivation to a city near you. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker. 
getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Have y'all ever gotten to the end of the year and, I mean, let's be real, have you ever gotten to the end of the year and cried when you looked at your balance sheet? Guys, thank you. Because you're like, no, 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 this is impossible. I worked so freaking hard. I did everything. I like poured out my heart and soul and we finally got the numbers where I wanted them to be. We finally crossed, you know, seven figures. We finally crossed into this number. And then at the end of the year, you look at it and they're like, it's weird. I know you own the business and I know the business did make a million dollars. You actually owe the business $12. One of the ways that you can increase your profit. Now, real quick, I'm just going to say this because there was one woman over there who said she was a newbie. Lots of you said you were new in business, which means that there's even more people in the room who didn't want to raise their hand. So I'm going to tell you something that I sat in at least 10 business conferences without knowing, just in case, okay? Are you ready? Revenue is how much money your, your business brings in. Profit is what is left over, right? When you've paid all the employees, when you've paid yourself, when you've paid for the cost of goods, when you've done all of those things, there should be a margin. There should be a difference between what it costs to do business and what you charge for that business to exist. Right there in between, that's your summer house, okay? That's your kids going to a private school. That's the family vacation. That's you being able to take care of mom and daddy in their retirement. That's space in between. And if you don't have a margin, you don't have a business. And I used to get so hyped up when I would come to these things because I would be looking for the next thing. Like, what's the next trick? What's the hack? What's the thing that I can do that's going to make me cool, that's going to make me on trend and on brand as an entrepreneur? It's real sexy on social media to be a business owner today, right? But if you have time to be making videos about being an entrepreneur and you're not bringing home any profit, something is wrong. Is anyone hearing any information that you're like, oh, I do that. I totally do that. It matters that you have a willingness to look in the mirror and see what's actually going on. So let's dig into the four ways that I talked about. Let's dig into getting more customers. Let's dig into the others because I would like you to be able to leave here and tomorrow start doing things that make you more cash. Yeah? The first one, getting more customers in a way that is not sexy in 2023. Have a product or a service that is so freaking good that your customers and your clients rave about it to other people, and you don't need to worry about an ROI on a Facebook ad campaign. 
Now, there are lots of people who make lots of money who are really good at digital marketing. Maybe some of you are in this room. Any like phenomenal digital marketers who are just freaking killing it? Okay, great. So for the rest of us who don't have the time to figure that out, let's focus in on this. Imagine that you have one client or one customer right now, just one. You don't get to pick who they are one client or one customer right now, and you personally are never allowed to publicize or talk about your business ever again. And your only hope, your only hope of someone finding about your product or service is if that one customer or client that you don't get to choose tells somebody else about it. Just sit with that for one second. Do you believe that you have a product or a service that is so excellent that if we pulled any of your clients or any of your customers, they would tell their friends that it was awesome? Who has that kind of certainty? Freaking fantastic. Pour gasoline on that fire. My answer, I'm just going to give you a head start, my answer on all four of these is that you are going to pick one of these four that is already working. We're looking for something that is already working and we're gonna expand on it. So if you are one of the nine people who just raised their hands with absolute certainty that your product or service is so fantastic, people rave about it, ask them to talk about it more. Send an email, ask for a survey. If you've got a cash register, say it at checkout. Tell a friend, do something that gets people to use word of mouth to spread the word about your business. Can you get customer testimonials? Can you get them written? Can you get a video? Can you get audio? Can you get something where other people tell people how awesome your thing is? Because no matter how much you talk about it, it will never be as powerful as somebody else saying that it's great. So I, am, uh, I have a podcast, and I'm on tour this summer with my podcast. And I can go on social media, and I can talk about it endlessly, and I can tell the audience exactly what they're going to get. And nothing works better to sell tickets than me having my camera guy stand in the lobby after the event, and women come up to him and just tell them about the night that they just had. Why? Because we trust other people more than we trust the business. So if you're really good at that, if your your stuff's awesome, pour gas on it. If your stuff isn't awesome, what are you doing? What are you doing? Advertising and marketing dollars are a tax you pay for a product or service that is not exceptional. Spend some time digging into the thing. I have been doing this over 20 years, right? I've been doing, uh, I'm going to go back to podcasts. I've been doing that since 2017. Over six years I've been doing my podcast. I still listen to every episode and go, okay, how can we make this better? How do we make this tighter? What can we do here? Okay, my hair looked insane in that video. Next time, Rachel, let's try and use a brush. Like, I'm constantly trying to tweak and make things better because that's the only way I know to have the audience talk about it without me having to talk about it. The second thing, increase what they spend on each transaction. Increase what they spend on each transaction. Do you guys as entrepreneurs go into other small businesses and you're a little bit judgy? Don't lie, especially girls, don't lie. You go into other businesses, like you want a hair salon, you go into someone else's hair salon, you're like, oh, oh, that's cute, okay, right? We're so judgy because we got it all figured out. Y'all, start paying attention to other businesses and how they get you to spend more than you tended to, right? How did they get you to spend a little bit extra? 
When someone comes over and they're like, oh, did you, you know, I know it's only one o'clock and you're clearly here having a lunch, but you, would you like a glass of wine? I mean, it's a beautiful day and you're on a patio and I'm like, I would like a glass of wine, Sebastian. Thank you. Let's go back to a hair salon where you're going in to get your hair done. And they're like, oh, um, would, you like, would you like an upgrade? Would you like, uh, we're going to massage your head and put in uh, the magic from Baby C.O.P. And it'll actually make it super shiny and beautiful. And, every, and you're like, what's that going to cost me? I'm like, $194. You're like, well, yeah, obviously I want shiny hair. So let's go ahead and do it. I went to get a massage the other day. And she said, oh, would you like, um, would you like a, a scent, a sensual experience. And I was like, in more ways than you know. Um, so she said, well, we have all of these, uh, we have these different oils that you can choose. And she like made this whole thing where she was like, would you like, you know, and she's like wafting it. Would you like this one? Would you? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I definitely want a scent involved. So I'll go ahead and choose the lavender. I choose the latter lavender. I went to check out after getting my massage, choosing a scented oil was an additional $50. I didn't ask because I'm a dummy. And I'm also not confrontational enough to just be like, no, thank you, sir. Uh, I'll just put on some, some oil when I get home. So I paid the extra $50. Not that you should be tricking people into upgrades, but there are all sorts of things that you can be doing. And most of them, listen to this, involve asking. You got to ask. You got to ask the client or the customer if they want to upgrade. I was in a service business for a very long time. I was an event planner. And one of the things, any service-based businesses here, any service-based businesses that have a package, you put together a package, ooh, ooh, get ready. I got you right now, this. If you're not doing this, it's the most obvious thing in the world. Have three prices. I'm going to change your whole business right now with this one piece of advice. Never submit one price if you're in a service-based business. You have three options. Can you tell me just roughly, uh, if you offer a package, just one, give me a price for it. You, $30. Uh, what is it? You definitely don't charge enough. I'm just going to tell you right now. A small cookie box. Fantastic. Okay, $30 for a small cookie box. So the first thing I want you to do if you're in a service-based business is ask yourself, if I charge someone four times, four times, four times, 120 bucks for a cookie box. What would have to be true about the item I am offering for four times this price for it to be worth it, for it to be so freaking fantastic to this customer that there is no way they would say no. And then you're gonna get out a piece of paper and you're gonna brainstorm. You just write all kinds of ideas, like crazy stuff, good stuff. I would do extra icing. I would rub the mom's shoulders while she was setting up the birthday party. You know, just everything you can think of. And then you're gonna go through that list and you're gonna look for things that don't require a ton of extra effort from you or a ton of extra costs from you, but actually seem like a pretty great savings to the person that you're offering this to, right? Okay, so that's one thing. You're gonna start with, how can I charge four times as much and what would need to be true? Then you put together a beautiful package based on four times as much. The thing that you're currently charging, let's say that's now your new baseline. 30 bucks, that's the lowest item that you offer. Now we're gonna choose a price in the middle. Let's say 60 bucks. Let's say 65, 65 for funsies. $65, same thing, you're gonna come up with a package that's worth $65. Now, every single person who comes to you for your service, you are going to send them a beautiful one sheet, 
You're going to go on Canva. You're going to make it pretty. And then you're going to send them this one sheet. And you know what's going to happen? They're all going to choose the $65 option. A few people are going to choose 120 because they're bougie. But most people will choose the mid-tier option. And the reason you're not getting the mid-tier option is because you're not asking for it. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. The third thing is to increase how often they shop with you. You need to think of all of the times that your client or customer would need your business again. And I wanna say this, because every time I talk to entrepreneurs, there's always real estate agents in the crowd who are like, I, I, don't, I can't have repeat customers. Who, who says that, right? Any real estate agents? Any big, okay, any big ticket items, right? You, you sell cars, you do something like that where you're like, people aren't gonna shop with me multiple times in a year. You're right, they're not. But I use the same real estate agent for all of my deals because she's awesome. Because I've worked with her forever and I trust her. And I might not do business with her every single year, but you better believe that when I do business with her, it's 100% worth her time to continue to keep me as a warm lead. Who gets that? Okay, the, the, the fourth thing here is decreasing cost. Guys, you got to know what it costs to make the thing you're making. You have to know. It is why you are not seeing profit in the business. If you're really struggling and you're like, I'm increasing that revenue, but I personally am not making any money, I'm not having the life that I wanna have, you need to understand what it costs you to do that thing and you need to look everything all in. If you don't have an accountant, freaking get an accountant, unless you are one. It is worth gold to understand your balance sheet and I'm gonna guess that lots of people in this room don't because it took me a really long time because I was too scared to admit the truth. So say, I'm gonna get an accountant. I'm gonna look in the mirror and be honest about how much money I'm making. Because if you're not willing to look, you're not going to ever be able to increase what's there. Peter Drucker says, what gets measured gets managed. If you are not measuring what's happening, there's no way you're managing what's happening. Okay, then what? You're picking one of those four things. Then what? What do I do? Okay, I got one thing. Refine. Refine. 
refine. I want you to just keep thinking this word. Okay, what's something that I can do to increase in this area? I'm going to try it. I'm going to send out a second email blast this month. I'm going to put something at the cash register. I'm going to learn Shopify better so I can tell people to add things to cart, right? I'm going to send, you know, I'm going to come up with all sorts of ideas and I'm going to try some stuff. And if that stuff doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. And if that doesn't work, what do you think you're going to do? But only in this one area, only on this one thing. I had the opportunity to interview Tim Grover a couple years ago. Y'all know who he is? Tim Grover, the guys, right? Uh, Tim Grover, he's a trainer. And he was, a, he was someone that different athletes would go to to make them better. And his first client is a nobody that anyone's ever heard of named Michael Jordan. And it was still, it was when he was still relatively unknown. If you've never read Tim's book, Relentless, it's one of my favorites. You should totally pick it up. But I'm interviewing him on the podcast and I said, what do you do when you get Michael Jordan? And this wasn't like Michael Jordan first year of college. This was MJ when he's with the Bulls. So I'm like, what on earth do you do when this person comes to you? How do you make him better? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. My job was never to make him better. My job was to look for things that were weak and fix the weakness. Because if I can narrow in on the smallest thing and make that better, that would improve everything else exponentially. So many people will obsess over looking for the big wins. Let me get the big win. Let me get a big client. And you don't understand that if you do 1% better every day, 1% better in your marriage, 1% better in your relationships, 1% better as a leader, 1% better in sales, 1% better in customer outreach, 1% better equals how much at the end of the year? 365%, which is a hell of a lot more than many of you have increased your revenue maybe since you began the business, yeah? So instead of trying everything, what if you just try one thing? And instead of trying to do it all, what if you just focus in? My instinct is standing in rooms like this all over the world, my instinct is always that, yes, there are people in this room who want to fly around on golden jets and make a YouTube video where they're like rolling in a pile of money with like a tiger behind them and girls in bikinis. But most small business owners that I know want to take care of their family more. They want to send their kids to private school because they don't live in a great neighborhood. They dream of being able to help mom and daddy. They dream of being able to pour into the community. Uh, small businesses in this country make up 9 million jobs in the U.S. 9 million jobs are created by small business owners just like you. We do this work, yes, because there's a promise of something more, but also because we have heart in what it is that we are doing. But here's what you need, you need to get this. The mission requires money. The mission requires money. If you want to keep doing the things and being a thought leader and leading out in the world, you have to increase your profit. You have to. I wish, I, could, I freaking wish I could hang out with you guys all day and like dig into all the little details, but like get fired up in this. You don't need to focus on branding. You don't need a new website. Nobody's coming to the website you have already. It's not that they're not coming because the website isn't pretty enough, Carol. They're not coming because the product sucks. And, and you are too inside of the forest to be honest about what the trees actually look like. The trees are ugly. But here's the thing. When I was at a conference like this one years ago, someone said to me that 
all of the issues, listen, all of the issues that exist in your business are the result of the psychology at the top. Said another way, every issue in your business, every pressure point in your business, every stop, everything that's holding your business down where it is, is your fault. But here's the thing. When I heard this, when someone was like, it's your fault, I was like, I know, that's why I'm here. Until I realized something. Wait a minute, if, it, if I'm the problem, what am I also? The solution. But you cannot solve your own problems until you admit that you've got problems in the first place. So let's go do some stuff this year, not that is sexy, not with the rolling in the money, not the golden jet, but the nitty gritty old school, how do I increase my cart value? How do I increase how much they spend? Okay, the last thing I'm gonna say on this, the last thing. If you want your business to flourish, if you wanna make more money, I'm gonna tell you something that's counterintuitive to everything that exists in hustle entrepreneurial culture. None of that works if you're not taking care of this. None of it works if you're not taking care of yourself. And I know it's sexy now to have a morning routine and like spend 10 minutes in an ice bath, meditate for six hours, drink mud water, do the thing. There's all these YouTube videos that's like, here's a seven hour morning routine. Who are these people? I have four freaking kids. What? What? Who has this time? You don't need a morning routine. You don't need a longer thing. You don't need to take a cold shower unless that works for you. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take some time for you. You need to move this body. You need to drink some freaking water instead of another coffee. You probably need to go to therapy and unpack some of this trauma that's causing you to hustle so hard in the first place. You need to spend a little bit more time in prayer. You need to call your mama. You need to connect with your kids without a screen. If you want all the other boats in your harbor to rise, then the whole tide has to rise. And that starts right here. It's not what the world will tell you, but it is what is true. And there is no worse example of success than someone that has a really freaking successful life on Instagram. And everything else in their life is falling apart. If your life is hard in real life and you head over to social media to play pretend, you need to take a real solid look at what's going on. It is possible to fix all the stuff, but you first have to be honest about what needs to be fixed, yeah? Guys, that is my time. I hope you got some little nugget. I'm sorry I can't hang out for 10 hours and talk about making money, but thank you for listening. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.